This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mgmunoz.com. Welcome to Swinging Through Comics. Visit mgmunoz.com slash STC for notes and links, and don't forget to subscribe. Like, share, and comment to help me grow. I am talking about The Rise of Ultraman, issue number four. It was written by Kyle Higgins and Matt Groom. The art is by Francesco Mana again. Uh, color artist is Espen Grendedirchen, and uh, Ariana Mayer is the letterer. Uh, the interesting thing about this issue is uh, it's pretty good, even though it has a pretty uh, okay cover. Um, <laughs> yeah, the cover is like uh, remarkably pedestrian, which I feel kind of bad saying. Um, done by Jorge Molina. Uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Shin looks cool. Ultraman looks cool, but it's not very dynamic. It's not very action-packed. It has really nothing to do with the issue except for it shows, I think, the USP, and it shows that they're in Japan, if you're confused about that. And I don't think that's the selling point of this comic. At least I don't think it should be. I think the selling point of this comic should be that it's good. It's very good. So, anyway, uh, with that being said, I will uh, do just a quick little review because uh, it was so enjoyable that I don't really have much to say about it. Um, you know, Shin looks like a cool guy. Uh, Fuji, um, she's like... <laughs> I'm kind of half and half with her, how she's uh, depicted. She, in turns, looks goofy and, uh, like, more seriously drawn. Maybe it's because she's in a lot of distant shots, or maybe because um, they're a little bit afraid, you know, Marvel editorial or Mana, potentially, um, to make her, like, too beautiful and have her, uh, you know, fit that classic comic book thing. Uh, which I find especially odd because there's like a distracting butt shot of her. Uh, she's getting attacked and, you know, you can criticize me if you want to and say, oh, you shouldn't be attracted to that, but she's in danger. But like, I turn the page uh, on the digital comic and then like, boom, her, uh, uh, we get a perspective from behind her, between her legs. Uh, we see her holding her gun and the kaiju, you know, staring her down or whatever. And, you know, it's well drawn. So uh, it's just, it's kind of a weird shot. And, um... I'm actually a week late on this, so I don't know if, uh, you know, Toku Twitter or whatever has been able to turn on this and say that it's, you know, evil and terrible or whatever because of that shot, but just, just kind of weird. Um, kind of weird. Uh, I didn't really expect that. Um, some other issues, like, Manaz faces, like, he does, the, well, I don't know if it's, it's the art or if it's the inking. Um, like, there's something weird with the noses where they have, like, this, like, kind of half transparency at certain places and, like, the line under the lips and the, the frenulum below the, no, you know, upper lip and nose and then, like, the curvature of the nose itself, like, it's almost too detailed. I don't know if they're trying to avoid, like, an anime look or what, um, because I don't think that they're in danger of having an anime look and, like, uh, like, three-quarter poses or whatever, the no noses look a lot better, um, but, like, kind of head-on or under, like, the camera slightly under the chin, you know, looking up. It looks a little off, and uh, it's a little distracting. Uh, I don't like it, and I've complained about it every time. However, uh, you know, other than that, uh, I really have no complaints about the art. I think it all really is pretty fantastic. Uh, I enjoy the kaiju. I'm sure these are all throwback designs, and I would be surprised if any of them were original designs, just because Ultraman has such a rich history of uh, kaiju to draw from. It doesn't make sense. And uh, I actually recently read an article. Well, that doesn't matter. I'm supposed to be talking about the comic book. Sorry. Anyway, uh, you know, Ultraman looks really great throughout. Uh, there's a lot of great shots of him. Uh, I actually really did like one other thing with Fuji when she's in Limbo, uh, which is exactly what they call this 
weird world where the kaiju get sent by the carriers. By the way, that's the big secret that the USP has known for 30 years at least that the K-rays don't actually disintegrate the kaiju, they send them somewhere else to a place of limbo and basically limbo has its limits and it will crack open and when it does, uh, you know, the Ultra expects that that probably is what the actual kaiju crisis is. It's less that kaiju are attracted to the negativity of humanity on Earth and, you know, the world we inhabit, but it's more that uh, there is this all this pent-up negative potential energy that will be released when the bubble pops. Um, wow. <laughs> Sorry, I'm into Austrian economics, and uh, it sounds very much like what's going to happen with the economy. Uh, there's going to be, you know, there's inflation of a bubble for some time, and then it uh, it pops because it has to. There's nothing that can be done. Uh, like the Ultra says, nothing can be swept under the rug and be kept there reliably, and... Uh, you know, that's not the nature of things. Um, everything comes out, everything has a release. What goes up must come down. There are natural forces at play in the world and there are consequences to every action. Um, and it's interesting, the USP has been proven to, uh, has proven the point of the Ultra that he'd made to Shin before, that humanity's not ready because they turn away from their problem and they choose just the lesser of two evils in order to try to escape crisis for now and try to escape destruction for now instead of turning towards the problem facing it head on and trying to figure out a way out of the situation so uh, you know as far as the ultra action was concerned it wasn't you know terribly wonderful he went in and punched a couple kaiju once or twice and uh, Fuji kept hitting him with her K-Ray, but inside Limbo, I guess the K-Ray just sends them to Limbo. Uh, and perhaps, oh, okay, that's interesting. So it looks like the K-Ray just sends them to Limbo, and the, uh, the effect of that, or and then when it's used on them inside, it keeps them in Limbo, but it transports or teleports them somewhere else, which is why she continued to be in danger, even though she thought she had uh, killed some kaiju within Limbo itself. Uh, I want to say I, uh, I'm a little uh, surprised or confused by one aspect of Limbo, which is there's a lot of uh, these weird crystal formations popping out of different places, but then there's uh, like a floating train and cars and bicycles and street signs and houses and things like that. And I'm wondering, were these places uh, and objects that aren't kaiju uh, in this, you know, alternate dimension of limbo, uh, kaiju limbo, whatever, are they things that were hit with the K-Ray and that were then transported? Because we see and we understand that Fuji was hit by the K-Ray and teleported to this uh, kaiju limbo dimension and you know she was taken intact so does that mean entire houses and trains and things like that were also taken intact into limbo i'm a little confused by that um it's very unclear and it's possible that over time that's the sort of thing that has happened especially if it's been decades four decades that they've been hitting kaiju and having kaiju battles and, and uh you know pushing things into limbo that a lot of uh what do they call it detritus um, could have been sent there as well, which makes for the, you know, the setting of the floating cars and the bikes and all that really cool, you know, kind of spooky, ambient, atmospheric, uh, stuff that's there in Limbo with, uh, with Shin and, and Fuji. So, like, I like the feel of Limbo. 
Uh, I don't know if we're going to go back there. I don't know if we need to go back there. The fact that by the end of the issue, spoilers, there's a kaiju that's popped out and it's a gigantic one. Uh, it makes me think that Shin's going to have to really go ultra and get gigantic to fight it as well. He's going to have to get kaiju size, which is neat. Uh, it, it's funny to me that this is the end of the series, of this you know, mini-series or whatever, because they're definitely not giving it a conclusive ending. Like, let's say... Well, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting because... I'm a little bummed out knowing that the next issue is the final issue because I just don't really see how they're going to finish it off. And I'm hoping that there's like some prolonged kaiju battling in that one uh, because the, like I said, the the kaiju battle stuff wasn't that exciting or interesting to me in this issue. Uh, it was fine. And of course, you know, Shin as Ultraman looks fantastic. Um, you know, the, the posing is dynamic, the, uh, the coloring and the, you know, the shadow play or whatever on all the muscle musculature musculature and everything on Ultraman is great it just looks fantastic it's you know it's fun to look at um you know the kaiju are neat to see him bashing into but uh I don't know it's uh I'm lacking a little something and I, I loved though all the the stuff about you know the ultra telling him you can't just sweep things under the rug and uh like kind of the chickens coming home to roost for the USP and uh, the director and the you know the scientist guy who blasted uh, Fuji into this uh, you know kaiju limbo, like their argument, their debate, and their philosophy. It's just cool how like uh, they are like again. I, I'm reiterating myself. They're stressing, or or I'm stressing that they are showing exactly why humanity is not quite ready to become ultra uh, to ascend to that next plane. Uh, but again, these guys are also, you know, 40 years older than Shin, approximately. So he's representing a new generation and new possibilities. And uh, I like that. So it's, you know, it's kind of more of the same that I like. Uh, but I like how they more clearly define the, like, thematic underpinnings of, like, turning away from things, ignoring them, sweeping them under the rug, pretending they're not there. Like, that will never lead to health and well-being and wholeness and goodness. It'll you know, only lead to, you know, eventual suffering and destruction. And, you know, meanwhile, uh, you know, the director I'm sure has been suffering for a long time with this burden of, you know, lying to everybody about what's going on, trying to keep the kaiju secret. And then the, you know, scientist who ran away, um, you know, and is hiding from the USP and stuff. He's been leading, uh, you know, a less than enjoyable life because, of how, uh, you know, how he's chosen to live by hiding. And, you know, I can see both perspectives of them, but ultimately you can't just uh, turn away. You, you have to turn towards things and really deal with them. And I like that that's the uh, kind of the message or the, the theme, the ethic, whatever that's being, uh, you know, put forth here. And uh, I guess we're going to see that really exemplified in the final act in issue five when uh, Shin and Ultraman have to fight the kaiju. Although, I'm thinking, how long was he in there looking for Fuji? Doesn't he only have uh, three minutes at a time? And is he out of, you know, charges? Is he going to have to, like, stop fighting the kaiju and rest for a while while it's causing destruction potentially while he's recharging? That that could be bad. That could be interesting. And then, you know, if that's the case, um, the whole world will know, or at least, you know, that area of Japan will know about the kaiju and there will be no hiding them because, you know, how can you hide that? I don't know. I think it's very interesting. I'm excited by this, you know, second to the last act, and I'm, I, I like how it's set up, everything that's going to happen, and, you know, you heard me. I liked what, uh, you know, what 
arguments and stuff it represented now, this feels very much like classic sci-fi, you know, making a point, asking questions, giving answers, developing them over the course of the story. And, you know, that's been fun to unfold or watch unfold. So, um, I don't really have much else to say, uh, except for, I wish the art with Fuji was a little more, uh, consistent. Like either you want to portray her, like either she's beautiful and you want to portray her as beautiful or she's not. And you also, you know, are okay with that, which I'm fine either way. Just be consistent. Cause sometimes she looks, you know, nicer than other times. And it's just, it's odd. And Shin, uh, I say he's pretty like, you know, uh, pretty, across the board consistently, you know, a handsome dude. So, uh, I just don't really know what's going on, but anyway, that, that last, uh, <laughs> spread with the kaiju, um, rumbling out, uh, over the city before they escaped was super cool. And then, uh, you know, the final kaiju popping up in the ocean, uh, when they were finally out all the way was, was pretty awesome. So overall, really enjoyable. I'm enjoying the series. I want to see more of it. We'll see what happens after issue five. Hopefully it's a success. Uh, I guess I'll have to look at Comicron or something and see how big of a success this has been. Or maybe Subarai is even talking about it on their, uh, what is it? Subarai Galaxy uh, website. I'll have to check that out and see what's going on with that. But until next time, folks, take care. Be well. Remember, you don't have to shout Henshin to be a hero.